on today's edition of the show, the Florida Panthers are looking to let the good times roll as they hope to take a 2-0 series lead. We're also going to make an argument for Carter Rahege possibly being the best Panthers goal scorer ever. And we're going to discuss from the Toronto Maple Leaf side of things who would need to have a better game too and from the florida panthers side of things who we want to continue seeing play well your locked on panthers your daily podcast on the florida panthers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and welcome to this Thursday, May 4th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Man 12 Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers, and also on Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to our everydayers who come here to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast to get your daily Florida Panthers fix. So the Florida Panthers, the of course, taking the one nothing lead and it being an off day for the Cats going into game two. We're feeling good about ourselves, of course, with the with the Panthers, with an, a big opportunity uh, for, for them to go up to nothing before heading home to, sun, to sunrise. But we do have a very special guest today on, on the show. It is a very familiar voice on the Locked On NHL family. He is one of the co-hosts of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast. And not only is he one of the hosts of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast, but he is also a Toronto Maple Leafs fan as well to discuss the the, the what he saw from game one. And we're, we're going to d- dig deep really into today's show with one of the co-hosts Steel Roden. Steel, welcome to Locked On Panthers. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that you invited me to on the podcast on the episode for today to discuss what happened in game one. Uh, you must be over the moon right now with the Panthers up one nothing in the series. Obviously a big uh, first round series against the Boston Bruins. Ton of confidence for you guys right now. No doubt. Lots of confidence for the Panthers. And I, I said it on on wednesday's show how it, it really benefited the panthers that it was a very quick turnaround from one series mm-hmm. uh to the next and listen it, it's carrying it's carrying that those those good fortunes uh for for the panthers but i want to get I, I want you to i want you to get you to give your opinions of course as the leaf fan um on what you saw from from game one from the toronto Leafs of maple leafs uh side of things and 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 how the Maple Leafs performed, and if they and whether they gave themselves a good chance to win on on to on Tuesday night. Yeah, I I thought the game for both teams was incredible. I thought this was the first time all postseason that the Leafs actually showed up in the first period, right from puck drop. Were fast, were physical. Both teams. I thought it was probably the best game for the Toronto Maple Leafs out of all seven games they've played so far this playoffs, but right from the puck drop, they showed up, which they're notorious to never show up in the first period. So that was great to see, but right from puck drop, the intensity for both teams, the physicality from both teams. Um, and I love the fact that the officiating didn't get in the way of things. 
Um, there was what, maybe only four or five penalties in the entire game. The puck was going back and forth with very long sequences without a whistle. So just the play itself was great because the whistle, the official, the officials weren't getting in the way of the actual game. And I thought the penalties were actually good calls overall. So I love the officiating. I love the play from both sides. And I, I did think that the Leafs gave themselves a great chance at winning this game. I know we're going to talk about that goalie matchup between Bobrovsky and, uh, and Ilya Samsonov, but they gave themselves a ton of opportunities in the first period, especially in the first five minutes. Matthews was on a partial breakaway, um, but Sergei Bobrovsky was unreal. I thought he was sensational. I thought, you know, Obviously, you've got Kachuk doing his things, three assists, Barkov, two assists. But I thought Sergei Bobrovsky was the best player for the Panthers. Clutch clutch saves in the first period, even down the stretch when they were down 4-2. I thought it was a great game. I thought it could have gone either way, but the Panthers buried on their opportunities. Yeah, and and I don't don't think for the Panthers side of things, it was necessarily one in the first five minutes, but the fact that they were able to kill those two uh, penalties uh, when, when they went to the box very early on, it really, it really gave them the confidence uh, to go the rest of the way and digging deeper into how the Panthers uh, perform. And, the second line, a 15 to 5 Corsi 4 percentage, which was great. Shot on goal advantage, 8 to 4. And it's crazy. The as far as goals for and goes goals against at five on five, you see one one, but you think about what that goal against was, and it was that nine seconds after after the Florida Panthers went up to nothing, and then just a little bit uh, uh a little bit uh a little bit lackadaisical after the face-off and then Matthew Nye is uh, going with that spinorama uh, move. So really only a nine-second brain fart uh, for, for the Panthers there. But I gotta, I, I also want to give a lot of praise to this one player. I said I said this on Twitter after my episode, but I want to say it on, on the podcast is Nick Cousins. Nick Cousins is experienced in playing, even though he only played seven, seven regular season games for the Vegas Golden Knights, those 17 postseason games that he played for the Vegas Golden Knights a few years ago when they made it to the Western Conference final is so uh, valuable. And then Paul Maurice um, taking a little bit of time to get the get to the lines that he wanted to uh, for, for this series and having being able to put Lundell back with Reinhardt, who he succeeded with last season, then putting them back together. And then it's, a, it's creating that balancing act. And Nick Cousins for the Florida Panthers side of things, uh, he's he, he signed for another year, which is great. I It wasn't a, a signing for me that I saw as like, okay, um, I, I saw it as a veteran experience, but I wasn't thinking a huge, crazy, impactful player. But it, it for now that I'm looking back at it, as far as the experience factor of it, uh, it, it, it's such a great signing for Bill Zito. Yeah, and that's what you need come playoff time. And, and for, you know, the bottom six depth players, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs do have a little bit more of an advantage in the bottom six or just the entire forward group. But that's what you need in playoff games. You need guys like Nick Cousins. I know Ryan Lomberg's hurt right now, but he brings an edge to the game as well. You need those type of guys to, to produce some sort of spark or, uh, you know, get some type of dirty goal. And that's exactly what Cousins did. You know, the puck was around the net. It bounced off a few players and it just... And he's the one that finds it right in front of the crease and he lifts it past Sam Sonov. So when you have guys like that and they show up, it's the best feeling in the world. And exactly your point, you know, those 17 games in the playoffs with the Vegas Golden Knights a few years back has really helped him in the postseason as well. And 
I got I got to show some love to Paul Maurice because he's one of the he's one of my favorite coaches out there. I absolutely love him. You know, he he spent some time in Toronto as a head coach as well in Winnipeg the last couple of years. Um, but he's been very successful wherever he goes. I love the fact that he's not afraid to change up the lines on the fly, see what's working, see what's not. I love his post game conferences. So blunt with the questions. He, to me, is one of the best coaches out there in the game right now. And he did a fantastic job on switching those lineups. I, I like that Sheldon Keefe does that as well, too. You know, just like absolutely loading up that top line or getting Ryan O'Reilly to go drop down to the third line center. So both coaches are very adamant on, you know, matching lines and switching lines when things aren't working. And that's what Paul Maurice did a, a great job in game one. Yeah, and and a little bit of a quote that uh, Paul Murray said on one on the off day about when asked about Nick Cousins online too, he said, "quote He's um, he's got a set of hands that allows him to play with his hands, and, and his hands he can make plays uh, with the two fellows." He's talking about Sam Bennett and Matthew Kachuk, and mm -hmm. um, for for the Florida Panthers side of things, the fact that um, they also talked about how Bennett and Kachuk, the fact that they're the two youngest guys going into Calgary in their first um, first few seasons and getting to know each other and being together off the ice as well. That that second line is just producing uh, so well for, for the Panthers. And it, it really has been all, all postseason long. But we're going to transition over to segment number two. We're going to discuss more about the goalie matchup and make a make an argument about Carter Verhage possibly being the best goal scorer the Florida Panthers have ever seen. We, we're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you got to have the best tasting protein bar ever. Built, you got to try this. What makes Built Bar so good? For starters, they're covering 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookie, and cookies and cream. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. And now you can get them at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, while you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, bar, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, puff, and churro puffs. You can thank me later. Segment number two here on this Thursday, May 4th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And for all the Star Wars fans out there, may the 4th be with you. And every day on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the show where Nick Fairbanks will be back to on the show as we do a post-game edition for the Florida Panthers versus Toronto Maple Leafs game two. So, Steele, um, for the Florida Panthers side of things, they are very, very familiar with Elias Samsonov, of course. The Florida Panthers going against uh, uh, Samsonov in, in, against when he played for the Washington Capitals. And, of course, the goalie turnover for the Maple Leafs last year, of course, having Jack Campbell and, of course, making that trade for Matt Murray, which we hope that Matt Murray's okay after that collision that happened towards the end of the season. But the, the numbers for Sam, Samsonov are better in the postseason last year than they are this year. But I know it doesn't tell the whole story. You, they got through their... Uh, they got through their demons in in the first round for Samsonov. He took a little bit of a stinger for um, in, in warmups that mm -hmm. that made put it in question. And we were, I was talking about it in one of my group chats, and we the discussion was shoot high on Samsonov since that's where he took uh, took the puck. 
But I look at this uh, goalie matchup as well. And then uh, talking about Bobrovsky, the two-time Vezina Trophy winner. And I was asking asking um, myself, is Vezina Bob back? Uh, and he showed a lot of signs of, of that in game one. And of course, plenty of plenty of series left in, in this in, in this series but what's your confidence level in the in in the goalie situation for for the toronto maple leafs i'm, I'm very confident with Ilya samsonov and, and yeah the stats aren't there obviously he put up a seven spot in game one against the tampa bay lightning so that's going to drop the numbers down significantly but you know it's great for both him and the toronto maple leafs to get out of the first round because you look at the stats from last year or the two years that he was with uh, the Washington Capitals, I think he was like, what, like one in five or one in six in a postseason record. And finally, he's got his first series win um, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is a huge ass. So I'm very confident with Ilya Samsonov moving forward. It is scary, though, how Sergei Bobrovsky is playing right now. And I, 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 fan, when, we, when we talk about fantasy on the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast, I've talked about Sergei Bobrovsky a lot because I've drafted him probably three times over the last three years. Um, and this year he was just, he was awful in the regular season. But the great mm. thing about Bobrovsky is he's a streaky goalie. And when he starts heading in the right direction, it's almost impossible to get by him or win those games. And that's what he's doing right now. When we, when I look back to that first round series against Boston, I thought for sure that Alex Lyon was going to be back in the crease for game five, but Paul Maurice, that's why he's the head coach. That's why he's in the NHL. He went with that decision to go with Bobcat back in net. And that's why they have him. You know, the, we can talk about the contract. The contract's terrible, but he's showing up right now. So that scares me for the Florida Panthers side of things, because if Bobrovsky plays like this, it's going to be a very difficult series for Toronto, but I'm not worried whatsoever. Uh, I have a ton of confidence in Ilya Samsonov to get the job done again. I have the confidence in the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you look back at the last eight game ones they've had over the last seven years, they're two and six in game one. They are terrible. That's what I was talking about before. They are terrible at starting games, even in the regular season, they're awful in October, but once November and December start hitting, that's when they really start pushing up the standings. And so, yeah, they dropped game one. It wasn't the best effort from Samsonov on a couple of those goals. I thought he should have been a little bit more focused for them, but again, you can't put a ton of blame on just him. It was a full team effort, but I, again, a ton of confidence for Samsonov. They lost game one in the first round against Tampa. They lose game one against Florida, two Florida teams. It's happening again. I think they're going to come back for game two at home and, and put on a good show for the uh, Leaf fans out there. Yeah, and uh, and for the Florida Panthers side of things, talking about uh, game ones, this was their first game one win uh, since yeah. <laughs> 1997. So crazy to think that the Florida Panthers are ahead in, in a series. Uh, also, one thing I wanted to talk about uh, because – Carver Hagee just breaking the record for most postseason mm -hmm. goals in a Florida Panthers sweater ever. And of course, the Florida Panthers history isn't rich when it comes to postseason success. Of course, both what these teams have in common is they they had a, a decade and a half plus of not winning a playoff series. So, if, um, of course, at least, well, even though the Maple Leafs have been around for over 100 years, but I'm talking about the last quarter century uh, as, as far as uh, as far as postseason success. But Carver Hagee, uh, there's an argument to make that he's possibly the best 
goal scorer ever for the Florida Panthers. And when you look at 2023, 15%, um, 15.3% shooting percentage of a 40 goal scorer, most that he's ever had in, in a season at any level that includes Syracuse crunch that includes, um, that includes Tampa, that include that includes uh, his his time in tor- with, with with Toronto when he was drafted, but also the postseason. Last year in the postseason, his shooting percentage was at twenty seven point three, uh, six points and six assists. And and this year, his shooting percentage is even higher in the postseason than it is at the regular season. In in the regular season, three goals and six assists with three game winning goals, mind you. And it's crazy. Tampa Bay for um Tampa Bay, former Tampa Bay Lightning players are actually performing really great in the postseason. Yanni Gord got a game game winning goal. Uh, Andre Palat has one a, 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 as well, and and Barkov last um, in the Presence Trophy winning season, he he was at an eighteen point two shooting percentage and almost and had thirty nine goals in sixty seven games last year, mind you, Alexander Barkov. So there's an argument to make to make about best goal goal score ever. And going back all the way to the late nineties, Pavel Bure, three hundred sixty shots on goal in nineteen ninety nine, while with three and three hundred eighty four in two thousand. 16.11 uh, percent shooting percentage in 99 and 15.36 with 58 and 59 goals respectively uh, for and car- carried the Florida Panthers to the playoffs in 2000 before getting swept by the New Jersey Devils in in, in that year. But there is a big argument to say about Carver Hagee uh, possibly being the the best goal goal scorer ever that the, that the Panthers have ever had. And I want to give the give it to you where. On your show recently, you sang high praises on what yeah. Carver Hagee uh, can can do on the ice. Yeah, both Flip and I from the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast love this player. We think that his fantasy value for next season is going to skyrocket after what we've witnessed in the regular season and now in the postseason. Playing with guys like Barkov and Max Kachuk just elevates his game to another standard that he has now. I, I think it might be a little bit of a stretch to call him the Florida Panthers' best goal scorer just because he's only been with the team for three years. He's only been in the league for four years, too. So it might be a little bit of a stretch to call him the goal score, the best goal scorer for Panthers because the way that I'm looking at it is we got to look at who he's playing with right now. You know, Correct. you've got Barkov, who's one of the best playmakers in the NHL. Matthew Kachuk, back-to-back, 100-plus seasons continuing to show that he's one of the best players now in the NHL as well. So when you are set up with those type of players, it elevates your game to another standard, another level and another standard, which he needs to keep at this point. The thing I love about Carter Hagee, and I was preaching this on the last few episodes, his wrist shot is one of the most underrated wrist shots I've seen in the NHL this year. He snaps that puck so quick. And we saw it on the third goal in game one. He gets you know, sent on a partial breakaway breakaway and just freezes Samsonov. Samsonov didn't even know what to do. He just fell backwards and he ripped it post in. And that's the thing I love about Verhage now that he's playing with guys like Kachuk and Barkov. That part of his game is going to continue to get better. I'm hesitant to say that he's the best goal scorer in Panthers history. Mm-hmm. I got to see another couple of years to see if he can put up another 40 goal season. At that point, we'll have to have another discussion about Verhage, but absolutely love him. If you're in fantasy hockey leagues, he's a player to keep an eye on for next season. Yeah, he's definitely on track. Not saying oh, that yeah, he's he going definitely up. is, but starting to see the trajectory where Carver Hagee yeah. is going. And on that goal, looking back at the replay once again, got to give a lot of credit, which uh, 
which uh, David Rodriguez of Panthers Twitter uh, posted it, and I was able to see the play again. Josh Mahara great, made a great breakup play as there was a set yeah. beat to Noel Tari, and that's what caused Barkov to have that breakout to Anthony Duclair and all of the Maple Leafs, uh, three Maple Leafs players focusing on Duclair and then leaving Carter Hagee alone. You don't want to leave yeah. Carter Hagee on, on it, a it was a It was a terrible pinch by TJ Brody. You know, he could have easily just played the defensive zone and just gone one-on-one, but he went for the puck. It was a terrible pinch, and that's what happens. They bury on those opportunities. Yeah, for, for sure. So, uh, so great, great, great play by, by Barkoff there, even though um, he has only has um, w- one goal in, in the postseason. and crazy to think that what, what could happen if Barkoff in fact does uh, come alive, but we're going to transition over to segment number three, where we're going to ask Steele about who are the players that he wants to see uh, step up more in, in game two for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, we're going to discuss who I want to see continue to play well in, for the Florida Panthers side of things as game two approaches on Thursday night. We're going to discuss this more on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment on this Thursday, May 4th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And thank you once again to the everydayers who are here to get your daily Florida Panthers fix. Before we dig into this third and final segment, I want to say congratulations to the Florida Panthers ECHL affiliate, the Florida Everblades, for advancing to the next round of the Kelly Cup playoffs after defeating the South Carolina Stingrays in six games. They will be facing the Jacksonville Icemen next in the next round. And unfortunately, this is recorded before the Charlotte Checkers in the AHL take on the Hershey Bears to avoid elimination. Right now, the Charlotte Checkers are down 0-2 against the Washington Capitals affiliate Hershey Bears. And But we have a game to discuss tonight between the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I spoke all about how the Florida Panthers were able to contain a, a, a Matthews, a Tavares, and more importantly, William Nylander. William Nylander had the majority of the best chances for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I was talking about on yesterday's episode how he's probably going to see Sergei Bobrovsky in his nightmares. But Mitch Marner, <laughs> only only one shot on goal in 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 Game One uh, for for the Maple Leafs. But who is that guy who you want to see step up more in 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 Game Two for the Toronto Maple Leafs? If if I have to go with what because I really. I really loved game one. I didn't think the Leafs made a lot of mistakes. I think if you pinpoint the mistakes, it's the, the Matthew Nyes, uh, the Matthew Nyes. Um, I forget who scored Sam Bennett scored that second goal. He should have, he should have, he should have pushed over to the boards. He, he was caught in the middle of the ice and he got his stick in the way from the point shot deflected. And then Bennett got another piece on it. So I think that was one mistake, but he's 20 years old. He's still learning. He's he's his first crack in the postseason, really. So he's going to make mistakes, but he bounced back right away. He got the goal nine seconds later. Um, I think the defensive group, you know, if I pinpoint again, TJ Brody and Jake McCabe got to worry about their pinches. I think that's what got caught on the Carter Verhage goal and a few other opportunities for the Panthers. But if I'm going to single out anyone, and again, I thought from both teams' perspective, it was a great hockey game. Elias Samsonov needs to be better. He needs to be what Sergei Bobrovsky was in game one. If he can make that extra save or that extra effort just to get across, make that game-saving stop what the Leafs need a few times in a game, almost every game they need one of those stops, 
if he can put up that for the Toronto Maple Leafs, then I think game two is going to be a very good game, but go in the Leafs' favor. Because realistically, when I look back at game one, again, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, O'Reilly, there were a ton of chances all around the ice. Bobrovsky was sensational. And I know the Leafs went 0 for 4 on the power play, but I thought their power play was amazing. They were able to enter the zone to perfect. That's been one of the most frustrating things for me as a Maple Leafs fan, yelling at my TV when they're trying to get into the zone because I am sick and tired of Morgan Riley dropping it back and then Marner dropping it again to Matthews. And then all four of their players are stagnant on the blue line and they have no speed. They have no entry into the zone. But in game one, they were amazing on the power play. They need to figure out a way to actually score on the power play. But I thought the zone entry, the puck movement, the rotations of players moving around the ice and trying to get open, they had the opportunities, but Bobrovsky was so good that they couldn't get by him. So again, I'm nitpicking a little here, but Ilya Samsonov needs to come up with some, you know, one or two big saves to keep them in the game. And then if they can score at least once on the power play, that just that sets up the rest of the game for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, and 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 like you said, in even in the first segment, it was a goal. It, it was like two goalies just performing uh, so well. I I, I it, there wasn't even even on the Toronto Maple Leafs side of things. I was I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking. Oh, that's a that's a that's a. I wasn't even thinking that. Oh, that's a bad goal by Samsonov. I was just thinking. Yeah, and also you mentioned. You mentioned uh, the um, that there's a total of five penalties. I l- let's not forget that on the Montour goal that it was a delayed penalty as well, and a mm-hmm. great screen by Mark Stahl that took away the yeah. eyes of Ilya Samsonov. And for the Florida Panthers uh, side of things, I just think they need to continue taking those eyes away from from yeah. Ilya Samsonov, getting pucks in, getting pucks in deep, especially getting it to the corner as well. It's funny because the first two penalties for for the Panthers that they took. They both happen to be in the in the in the corners as well for yeah. for for the Panthers side of things, so it, it's and Paul Maurice has also spoken about how they this is a team that's going to going to commit penalties and I was seeing a lot of overreaction on on social media of that comment. I'm like thinking that he's barking at the refs. I'm like, no, I don't. It's not him barking at the refs. It's the Panthers' style of play that's going to cause them to go to the box. Yeah. And during his time in Winnipeg, when he was the coach of the Winnipeg Jets his teams were second most penalty infraction minutes during his time her, during his tenure of eight, eight years in Winnipeg. Number one was Pittsburgh and they got two cups out of that. So it's not going to the box necessarily. Isn't, isn't an indication of um, lack of success. Yeah, yeah. 59% on the penalty kill in, 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 in round one. Yeah. It's a new series for the Panthers, but the, the Panthers weren't also, they were not all forcing the Toronto Maple Leafs to the half wall as, as as much as they were to the Boston Bruins in round one, they were getting in front. They were on the doorstep. And like you said at the beginning, it was, it was basically the Sergei Bobrovsky show. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, I, I, I love, again, I love Paul Maurice. I watched that uh, post-game conference afterwards and I love his comments where he was literally just like, he's like, we've, uh, we've given up on uh, trying to talk to the refs. We we've started to realize that we are going to have more penalties than the other team. And that's just the way it is. And that's how we're going to continue to play. So I love his comments on how blunt he is, but it's been that way for the Panthers and they got out of the round one, uh, you know, 
a great comeback against the Bruins and they were able to stop the Maple Leafs on the power play in game one in the second round. So I, I think honestly, if they can just replicate what they did in game one, they have a really good chance at going deep in the playoffs and even getting past the Maple Leafs if they continue to play like that. And again, if Bobrovsky steps up and stands tall and I want to say this for the last thing here. I, I honestly think Matthew Kachuk might be the most talented player in the NHL and not just talking about his hockey skills, but I'm also talking about his ability to be physical, but not physical enough or where he's going to take those penalties. Cause I look back to that game one again, he had six monstrous hits in that first period. He was all over the ice, clean body checks. He wasn't, he wasn't running around, you know, charging people or, or, uh, you know, taking any dumb penalties. He was playing phenomenal hockey to a T. He sets up his teammates, get three assists. So if Matthew can chuck and continue to do that, play aggressive, stay out of the box, again, go back to Sheldon Keith. Don't get in the antics with Matthew Kachuk because he will draw a penalty on you. And if he continues to play like that, it's going to be, again, more trouble for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, and and uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs were also trying to do it back to him. I I remember there was one oh, from yeah. Luke Shen uh, in in the game that that really got Matthew Kachuk good. <laughs> and um, Matthew Kachuk also spoke to the media on on Wednesday about taking big hits and bouncing right back up. This is from Jameson Olive of FloridaPanthers.com. This quote is quote That's playoff hockey. You got to take a few hits and make um, make plays at this time of year. Dish them out, but but you've got to take them. Close quote. And you know what? The that that's it, the and I've been talking about all season about the grit that that Matthew Kachuk brings, and that and that is and that you are that he is not the guy that you are good that is going to allow someone to bully him uh, yeah. on the ice, and he's going to get right right back up and and um, just the energy that he feeds off and and the belief and yeah he he has an A on his sweater it's not the C and you know what. A lot of Panther fans were <laughs> were asking um, and and begging to to have him as the C, which I, I don't agree with. But no, he is also a guy that you where, where when he talks, you listen, and and the and the team follows his his lead. And he 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 is just an incredible leader for this Florida Panthers team. And he even guaranteed after Game Five that they'd be back in that locker room at TD Garden. Look what happens and the position that the Florida Panthers are in, and and one one nothing and it's it's an opportunity it's an op, it's a big opportunity to just get a stranglehold on, on this game too and listen home ice doesn't mean as much in in the nhl of all leagues in oh, uh, no. versus the other ones so it, it's a big opportunity for for the for the panthers um and any uh any uh final words here uh steel before uh we sign off for the night let's go maple leaves baby game two tonight get ready <laughs> <laughs> yep and and for my for for my end go panthers obviously <laughs> so so but, but uh steel uh thank you so much for joining me on this uh this uh thursday edition of the locked on for the panthers podcast may the fourth be with you and may the fourth be with all the listeners listening here on the locked on for the panthers podcast tell everybody where they can follow you tell tell everybody more about your work as well on the locked on fantasy hockey podcast yeah make sure make sure you go follow our youtube channel locked on fantasy hockey podcast uh we're on our way to a thousand subscribers so any help uh any help means the world to both flip and i if you want to follow us on twitter it's lo underscore fantasy nhl my my personal twitter is sroden underscore 77 
But if you want any any information or any uh, advice on betting, gambling, and fantasy hockey, that's where you can find us. Awesome. And make sure to follow him there, and, you, and you'll definitely see every everything from betting and and, and, and all on, on the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. So, Steele, thank you so much, and I hope to see you again soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden, Locked On NHL, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And everydayers, make sure to come back on Friday to for the Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast as Nick Fairbanks will be back for a Fairbanks Friday edition to recap the Florida Panthers versus Toronto Maple Leafs game. So I'm Armando Velez with Steel Worlden. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. <laughs>